This episode of the Comets Podcast is being brought to you by Huntington University. And Huntington University is giving all Comet season ticket holders 25% off all tuition. That's right, 25% off all tuition to take advantage of that deal. All you have to do is call the Huntington University Admissions Office. And there you have it, 25% off. All right, let's do this week's show. Everybody, Shane Alberani with you here again for another episode of the Huntington University Comets podcast. And this week we have the sequel to the episode we had last week with the Journal Gazette's Justin Cohn. Uh, we talked about mascots. Uh, we talked about movies. We talked about spicy condiments. So who knows where this episode is going to take us? I think we might eventually get into talking uh, maybe some hockey or some hockey-related issues. But if not, it's 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 a good time. It's a good laugh, and I hope everybody enjoyed the first one so here is episode number two with Justin Cohn But uh, other than that, probably the big food thing that comes to mind is, so this would have been 2003 when the Comets played in Elmira. Okay. And I had become friendly with the reporter out there. Is this the, st- the steak or the Italian place? This is the Italian, Italian place. I've told you this? Oh, no. I- yeah, because every time you've gone out there, you say you've got to eat there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's still there, but yeah. yeah. So I asked somebody. I don't remember who it was. I was like, all right. You know, we had kind of an expense account at that yeah. point. And basically, I could kind of like if I ate a light, like I, I could spend some money if I want. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I got some money to spend. Where can we go to dinner? Everybody sends me to this place. They're like, just go to this place. And I don't remember what it's called. Lib's Supper Club. That's what there it was. Libs, it was a, yeah. So A, it was a supper club and very clearly owned by the mob. I mean, <laughs> like, seriously, it was straight out of The Godfather yeah. or something like that. And I bring the reporter from up there and I mean we had this huge meal and I felt connected and I felt like Pacino was going to come in and shoot me <laughs> and he, like I, the whole thing was just glorious <laughs> so that was a good one and uh I remember at the uh, IHL All-Star game in Cincinnati in 98 I think it was all of the media uh came over to my room for like a basically a luncheon and we watched um, – it was a big – it was like uh, Vikings. Somebody was a huge uh, conference championship yeah. game. And everybody was over, like, in my little suite in Cincinnati <laughs> at the IHL All-Star game. Like, people were bringing bottles of wine and all this stuff was going on. And it was, it was just sort of a I, – I remember a food story with you and me in Utah. Where, oh, yes, where, yes. Yeah, what, remind we... me of this. <laughs> Justin orders this Mondo burger, the biggest burger, double patties, eight slices of bacon, and I'd like to have the vegetarian chili, please. And I, for some reason, I thought that was the funniest thing. I just cracked up that you had this – you killed six animals to make this burger, and then you had <laughs> yeah. the vegetarian chili. I will defend this to the end because there was not another chili option. Which also is weird. Yeah, well, that's, place... Thank you. So you've been making fun of me for this for years, but not admitting the obvious, which is I wanted chili, and the meatless was the only option. Yeah. I wasn't making fun of you. It was just it was funny the order i want the burger with eight ten pounds of bacon and some vegetarian chili i do some weird things like that like sometimes i'll get uh, just suddenly a black bean burger or something will sound good so i'll get that but get all sorts of appetizers and sides or you know something like that so yeah yeah i don't apologize for that was this part of your acceptance speech for the indiana broadcast of our sports writer of the year 
What? With food stories? Food stories? <laughs> <laughs> or was it a little more uh, Well, uh, first of all, I have not accepted dignified. that yet. Like, oh, that, you have that, not? That, that is still coming up. That's still coming I, up. So okay. I have not really figured out what I'm going to have a speech about, but you know, maybe food should be prominently. <laughs> you're getting me thinking that mascots and yeah. Star Wars nights should be the topic. I think so. So uh, well, let's. We haven't talk- talked about any hockey. I just want oh, you yeah. to know. Well, that. that's that's the show. Oh, okay. uh, but no, I'm not talking about the, the sports writer thing. So you haven't accepted it. What? No, it's just it hasn't been present. I accepted okay. it. it. Has not okay, been. So there's. Pres- a, you have been given the actual a award. Gotcha. Which is actually the last game of the regular season. Okay. Which I think is Easter. Um, so that'll be in Indianapolis. So I've accepted it, but it has also occurred to me. I don't know if I'm the 2019 winner, <laughs> 2020 winner. Yeah. So I've been going 1920 <coughs> when I put it anywhere, which is not very many places. But now I'm like making that. I'm thinking that makes me sound like I won it two years in a row. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you haven't given any thought. Uh... A speech? A... I've given a little <laughs> bit of thought. I need to yeah. find out more information, you know, how long and, and such, but I think it will probably be about some of the stuff we've talked about, which is just... Well, you can just play this podcast or play the, the other one, too. Well, that's true. But probably a lot about just needing to adapt with the times yeah. in, in sports journalism yeah. and things like that, because it's, a, it's adapt or die right now. And you're doing a fine job, I think. I hope so. I, mean, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it's... Newspaper business, so, it's so much different yeah. than it was uh, in just every possible way. I mean, anything you named, I could, yeah. I could go on endlessly. I mean, we used to send through hardwired phone cords. Well, fax machines, too. Like, just think, like, there was yeah. a time where I actually had to send stories on a rotary phone. <laughs> like, have you ever shown a rotary phone to, like, a... <laughs> 15 year old <laughs> I have not but I've seen the videos yeah well that's what I'm getting at like they can't make any sense of it like I, we used to send stories through a computer you know I was thinking about this the other day like we used to <laughs> we used to get our information from faxes yeah okay so and this is not that long ago I'm talking like 99 here well 20 uh, it's 20 years well but yeah. yeah I mean but it's not like it doesn't seem like 20 years ago but <laughs> But it's, it probably was yeah. even as late as 2002. Yeah. But the, yeah. the point is, if you wanted to find out goings-on around the league that you cover, like players that were cut, um, guys who had yeah. a five-goal game, something like that, like it came in on a fax. Like Mondays were the huge day because you would get every team's faxes. So, like, the comments, Chuck yeah. Bailey, he still sends out yeah. a Monday right. press, press release. release yeah. And this, I'm sure, is because that's what he got in the habit of doing <laughs> right. back then when yeah. you had to fax it out. But that was a huge day. Like, I would get stuff from every single team <laughs> and look through it and be like, oh, my gosh, Wichita, uh, they cut Matt Broussard. Yeah. You know, like, you know, yeah, it happened you know, eight days ago. But, <laughs> wow, just finding this out, former Comet, cut loose. And we used to put a lot of news into a Tuesday notebook because we used to have to sum up right. all this stuff. Here's who won this award. I mean, that stuff, imagine how much time we spent on that. Yeah. But, you know, that was also time well spent. And like, yeah. now we're trying to do eight million different things just because we have the ease of the Internet to bring it's us all this information. Now. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. imagine – you could just look up a player's stats. Right. But, oh, yeah. But it was sort of good because, like, yeah. now I spend so much time like whenever a player is signed or traded or dies or anything. Yeah. Like, I have to sift through his stats. And I have to look all that stuff up. But there was a time where you didn't have the access to that, and that kind of sucked, but you had to figure out other ways yeah. to talk about that person. And that was kind of good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, maybe you might have his career stats. Maybe. But it wasn't always that easy. Like, I used to have the – the guide and register book. Oh yeah, you, you, know? you right. You, I mean, it, literally, you have to walk around with an encyclopedia. You write the register of all the players. Wow, register! I haven't heard about. <laughs> I used to have all of those. Oh gosh, every sport, well, every the big NHL yeah, register yeah. was like sixteen hundred pages. Yeah, which is also really cool because it, the one I had anyway would have yeah. a lot of history and stories yeah. in it too. But yeah, you, you used yeah. to buy a new copy every, every year. year. Yeah, to get the updated yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it was like sixty bucks. Yeah. And a register for all you kids out there was a big book that had every player that ever set foot on an NHL rink, even though they played a 
two seconds or two games or whatever. Robbie Irons is in there for playing, well, you know, a couple of minutes. Well, that's that's the <laughs> yeah. best example. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to figure out, okay, did this guy ever have a cup of coffee? Like, you couldn't just go to Hockey DB. Yeah. Uh, you had to actually find a book that would yeah. have this stuff and then stop and consider, okay, did this have last year? Or right. Not? Like, sometimes I used to have to go to the bookstore. Yeah. Just to look at some guy's stats, like, for a story. Like, I'd have to go to the – drive to the bookstore, go to the sports section, find a guide and register or whatever. Yeah. Something that would have this information. I mean, it used to happen all the time. Yeah. So – Yeah. Well, then every team used to do media books, too, like a big, thick media book. That. I remember I used to get them all for – I used to collect them for major league teams. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we all did until yeah. you realized you had a bazillion of them. Yeah. No place <laughs> to put, to put them. them. <laughs> well, like, when I was growing up, it was a big thing every year to get the little yearbooks, like the yeah. NFL yearbook or yeah. NHL yearbook. Everybody did one. I think we used to get, like, the Sporting News one yeah. or something like that. And yeah. then certain teams would put out their own. Yeah. get one that was just on the team. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, a media guide. It was more like a book. Right. I don't know. There was all kinds of weird stuff <laughs> back when we were playing Stratomatic. <laughs> and Justin and I are the same age. I'm a year older, but we grew up the same time. Now, now that we're talking about, I don't know why it's popping in my head. Maybe because it's Christmas time. But do you remember getting like the Sears and J.C. Penning catalog, and you'd get all the sports stuff, and you whatever team, whatever new thing was out there. That was the only way you were able to get memorabilia. Oh yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll one up day. you. On, I'll one up you on this. I played fantasy sports growing up. Yeah. Before the internet. I did too. I started in the late 80s. I was in high school. Okay. And what, I started my what, own baseball. What sport? Okay. Baseball. Okay. But what I'm saying is I, I, I did hockey. And there was something called – if you wanted to play – fantasy sports players, check this out. So if you wanted to play fantasy hockey in, in let's say it was 1992, here's what you would have to do. You have to get the hockey news, and there would be classifieds, and different companies would advertise leagues. So the one I did, which I think was the big one, was called Score Sheet Hockey. Okay. Okay. So I don't know anybody to go in this. I want to be in a league with people from around the world. Like right now, you could go to Yahoo or yeah. whatever and find yeah. this in a second. Well, so you would send stuff, and they would assign you a league. And then here's phone numbers, here's addresses, whatever information you want to give. And so I was in this league with people from around the country, Boston, Chicago, California, okay? And if you wanted to – so there was a draft. I don't exactly remember how we did the draft, but I think you would rank players on a yeah. piece of paper and then had to send it in, and then you'd kind of find out what you got. But if you wanted to make trades and things like that, you would have to physically call them <laughs> – or send a letter, but usually you would physically call them. But yeah. the, this costs money, right? Right. You're pay, we're all paying. We're talking. For long distance, we're talking eighties, right? right? We're talking the mid eighties. No, this is well mid eighties. Yes. When I was doing it, it was early nineties. Okay. Yes. Yeah, same. But you'd have yeah. to call them, and so long discussions would happen, like yeah. you were an actual general manager. Yeah. It wasn't now where you're texting a guy like Shane. You know, I'd really love to give you. <laughs> Uh, Mario Lemieux, but I, I can't imagine doing it for anything less than Steve Eiserman and Dale Howardchuk. Uh, and then <laughs> you'd be like, well, let me consult with my team, and yeah. we'll call you back in a little bit. This would go on like you yeah. were an actual GM. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't know, excuse me, how you did until the mail came yeah. the next week. Yeah. And you get this huge packet. It was like 100 pages. <clears throat> And you'd be sift through it. Oh, yeah. look, uh, 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 one last week. Yeah. And here's all the stats. Like, you you had to wait for this stuff. But it was so much more fun. But the best part was so were these guys of kind of different ages. And this is all going on through the phone. And we started, you know, of course, every league's got the, the dork, you know, the, the guy who <laughs> – right. Trades makes awful trades. The guy who yeah. won't, you could never get a hold of. You yeah, know, all these uh, yeah I've been in a few of those. So there's this. So I got friendly with this guy from Chicago who later on b created this huge business. He was the official jersey letterer of the Chicago Blackhawks and all this stuff. A huge collectibles and merchandise. Yeah. Anyway, so we start talking about this other guy, and his name was Tony. And so he calls me up one day. He's like, "Hey, I'm in Boston." I'm going to go see Tony. 
And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Tony's the guy that just seemed like he was living in his mom's basement yeah. and was way too old for her still to be making him grilled cheeses yeah. and things like that. So Chris calls me about two hours later. He's like, dude, it was just what we thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's in the basement. And he's like, hey, Ma! Grilled cheese! <laughs> like from, uh, what was the movie, Will Ferrell? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Wedding Crashers. Yeah. You, know, like, you sure you yeah. want grilled cheese? Yeah. It's no trouble. Ma! No! <laughs> <laughs> so stuff like that's going on. And we we ended up staying in this league for years, but it was just so much fun. And there is a little comic connection here. Okay. So one year, it's on the trade deadline. We all kinds – I mean, God knows how much money we spent on our parents' phone bills for this stuff. <laughs> so all kinds of negotiations are going on, a big trade deadline deal. And for whatever reason, we could not come to an arrangement. And somehow we're like, the only solution to this is we're going to make this deal and then – Shane's going to be able to pick my next free agent pickup, and he's going to be able to pick Shane's next free agent pickup. It was this stupid little yeah. thing. Just to, I don't know. So I and er, I made this one guy pick Manon Rayom. Remember her? <laughs> female goaltender. First, yes. yeah, female yes. goaltender. Yeah. Like that was sort of the thing. I forget right. who the other guy. I wound up with some guy named Pokey Reddick. <laughs> Because if you're in Detroit at the time, yeah. like, what, who's, who? Right. Like, his name Pokey? <laughs> so when I came to Fort Wayne in 1997, he was one of two names that I knew. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Pokey Reddick. Did you ever like, share that story with Pokey? Uh, no, I did not share that with him. <laughs> but the other guy I did know, and I did share this story with him, was Robin Bawa. Now, the only yeah. reason I knew Robin Bawa was because on my old computer, I used to play whatever it was, NHL – uh, you know, 95, 95 or oh, yeah. whatever it was. So on Sega and he Genesis? Was, yeah. He was on the – no, yeah. I was playing it on a computer. Oh, I'm actually okay. using the, the PC. keyboard. Yes, but I got so monstrously good at this game yeah. that I start playing with the you know, the San Jose Sharks with Robin Bawa as their 10th forward, and I scored 50 goals with him. <laughs> so early on in my days here, I, I said, hey uh, – did you ever play this game? He's like, yeah, you know, my kids play it. You know, yeah. Yeah, I play, play. I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I just want you to know I scored 50 goals with you. <laughs> He's like, you must have been the best player in this game <laughs> ever if you scored 50 goals with me. So I had had some run-ins with some comments even, even before I came here. Yeah. There's a good Gerard Gallant story. Oh, well, do tell. Well, so I grew up a Red Wing fan, yeah. and oh, truth be told, the Red Wings? I was not a huge Gerard Gallant fan. Okay. He was a great player, but he was on Iserman's wing. It was usually him, uh, Gallant, and Bob Probert was the line that I yeah. really remember. And, and so Iserman would set up these passes, and they would just roll off Gallant's stick. And everybody in the stands would always sit there and say, hands of stone. <laughs> hands of stone was what everybody called him, hands of stone. So he was not my favorite player, but yeah. you got to kind of like him because he's a Red Wing. <clears throat> so his first year away from the Red Wings was with the expansion Tampa Bay Lightning. So this would also be the first year where I'm in college. So this is 93, 94. Yeah. And they go to play an exhibition game in Atlanta where I go to school. Now, looking back, there's sort of irony here because the Atlanta Knights were great rivals yeah. in the comments at that time, but – it was. It really was not yeah. on the radar of yeah. people in Atlanta. To my anyway, so I go to Gerard Gallant's. I, I don't know if it was the first game, one of his first preseason games, and now I can say what I want because he's no longer a Red Wing. Right? <laughs> We're in Atlanta. Nobody knows anything that's going yeah. on about hockey, especially yeah. this team. I am sitting five rows from the glass of the face-off circle, and I'm away from home. For, <laughs> I'm drunk out of my mind. <laughs> I'm with all my friends, and I am giving Gerard Gallant the business. And this entire section is like, what is going <laughs> on? Like, what is going on here? It's the one time in my life I've ever been that guy, right? Yeah. The whole section is like, what is going on here? But they're sort of entertained because they're like, they don't know who Gerard Gallant is. <laughs> they don't know what hockey is. Who's that little Jewish guy in the in the in the stands? Like, what is going on here? So I'm giving the business the whole night, and it gets to the third period, and I. <laughs> I say something along the lines of, like it comes, the crowd comes to a hush, right? And they're about to drop the puck. And I'm like, hey, Gallant, <laughs> couldn't cut it on Iserman's wing, huh? So they shift you off to Siberia. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And uh, 
I'm sure there was an expletive or something <laughs> in there. And he just stops, looks at me, and kind of gives me the finger. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole section's like, yeah! <laughs> so fast forward, I get, you know. A couple years later. A few, a few yeah. years later, he's the assistant yeah. coach here. And he's like the nicest guy in the world. Right. Now right. I love the guy. Sweet and now guy. it's awesome right. because, hey, I grew up watching you, you yeah. know, this whole thing. And everybody was like, you got to tell him that story right. to see if he remembers it. I'm like, I am, there's no <laughs> way I am ever bringing this story up to Gerard Gallant. So. So you never did? No. Well, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he was only here one year. You, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of a tough year for me because yeah. there was a lot of run-ins with the coach that year. Oh, that was Grant Sonia. Yeah, that was Grant Sonia. Yeah. The yeah. irony is years later, he and I kind of connected on yeah. Facebook or something. It couldn't have been nicer. But at yeah. the time, um, you know, there was, there was a joke about Grant Sonia was when he didn't know – when he would get mad at us or didn't know the answer, the response was always, oh, you just don't know hockey. <laughs> and this became <laughs> such a joke amongst the media. Like, I'll, I'll let you in on this yeah. because – you know, it'd be like Grant. Um, you know, you guys got outshot uh, forty-two to ten today, and lost five to nothing. And it looks like the team really needs to work on some stuff. Oh, you just don't know hockey. <laughs> oh, the other one he says we played perfect systems tonight. You just don't know hockey. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. That is, I hate that refrain. Like I, I was thinking about this the other day. There's no weaker insult that you can throw at a member of the media than. Oh, you never played the game, right. so what do you do? Right. Just because you didn't play yeah. a game, and I'm not saying whether I have or have not yeah. played hockey, just that doesn't mean you can't analyze things. Yeah. I mean, Roger Nielsen, maybe you know a top five all-time coach. Well, maybe that's stretching it in yeah. hockey circles, but yeah. a, a a good enough coach that all coaches to this day go to the Roger Nielsen School of Coaching. Right. He could he couldn't skate. I mean, he couldn't play. Yeah. He couldn't skate. Yeah. So I don't but know. But ha have you ever been in a media room where someone asks a question and you're like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Oh well, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, you know, I, not to to rag on our, our TV <coughs> friends, yeah. But I'll tell you a little story about this. So, um, you know, sometimes just so people know, sometimes the TV. Uh, personalities that you know, Glenn Marini or D Dean Patazzi or yeah. whoever, they will be there on hand to ask the questions. Sometimes they will just send a videographer. Right. Who, who may who's be just a photographer. Who yeah. may be a little less informed. Yeah. And they may ask them to go ask some questions. And they should have a limited knowledge to ask questions. Yeah. But sometimes they just don't. Okay. So. Now this we don't worry as much about this stuff, but at the time we used to worry about if somebody used a quote before you, you really shouldn't use it. Yeah. Again. Okay. So like when there were two newspapers, if I used all these quotes in the morning, Blake may not want to use all the same quotes in his afternoon story. Yeah. Even though it's a different paper, even though it may not be the same readers, because you don't want to use the same stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so there used to be a frustration sometimes that the TV guys would come to games, and on the 11 o'clock news, they would show these quotes, and then by the time either newspaper yeah. came out, we'd be like, Ugh. And what used to be really frustrating is we'd be the ones asking the questions. Yeah. Then they would burn the quotes. Yeah. With me? So one time, Blake looks at me, and he goes, you know, I'm really sick of this. I'm not asking any questions today. I'm sick of asking the questions and having them use our yeah. quotes. And he's like, and I said, it's a great idea because yeah. sometimes reporters, and it's that this is not just TV. Sometimes yeah. any reporter yeah. will just be somebody that piggybacks or doesn't ask yeah. questions ever. And uh, so we decided we're not going to ask any questions of the coach today. And because uh, we also knew where the coach's office was. We could go get him later. Right. So we sit down. And the, the cameras and everything goes on, and there's just silence. It wasn't that long, but it was long yeah. enough to be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the coach figured out really quick what was going on here. <laughs> and he says something like, well, if nobody's going to ask me any questions, then I'm just going to up and leave. Yeah. And then the videographer's like, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Um, who won the game? <laughs> really happened. <laughs> it really happened. 
So, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm never going to claim, claim that I'm a great interviewer, and certainly there are times where I piggyback yeah. off other people's interviews yeah. and things like that. But, you know, you, you ask if I've seen bad questions. Yes. I've and seen you, bad. But you've also done big events like Super Bowls and stuff like that, and you're in a whole big pool. Worst, that's that's kind of be hard just to think of a good question because you know everything is going to be asked by the time they get around to you. Well – Yes, but sometimes yeah. you can try. You get so caught up in trying to ask a great question. Yeah, like the worst is when you're asking like a five sentence question. Yeah, like just ask your question and get it out. But the worst question I've ever seen was with the Colts, and there was a TV reporter who shall remain nameless in Indianapolis, and he was known as the interview killer <laughs> because he would come in and he would just ask the worst questions. Yes, yeah. and. Um, Remember, you have a limited amount of time with these guys. Like Peyton yeah. Manning comes out, you have 15 minutes, which is not a yeah. lot of time when there's 100 reporters. Yeah. So I see this TV reporter, and he's going around, and the, the Colts at this time are at the height of their greatness, and they've won uh, seven straight division yeah. championships, something like that. So this reporter gets it in his head that it'll be a fun story to go around and ask what they've done with all these divisional championship T-shirts and hats they have. Like, he was totally stupid. <laughs> okay. Like I could have told okay. you the answer, <laughs> yeah. right? So he's going he, – I watch he goes to one locker, and people are trying to play along. And, you know, uh, I don't know. They're in the garage. You know, uh, I think my wife has yeah. them. You know, something like that. He goes from one locker to another one. It's just, you could tell it was not working. So then we, Peyton Manning comes out. And this reporter goes and asks this question about this. And Manning tries to give him an answer like, you know, it's not really that important to me, but I'm sure we have them somewhere. Yeah. And the guy goes in for a follow-up question, and he's still trying to play along. And we're all like – Dude, don't go for the third <laughs> question, especially not this. So he asks the question, and Peyton Manning looks him dead in the eye and says, you know, sometimes you think you have a great story idea. This is not one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that just destroyed him. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I find asking the questions is can be difficult. Yeah. Um, and sometimes – you know, I think you know this. Like in the the Seahawks Steelers Super Bowl, yeah. Jeremy Stevens made a right. guarantee. That right. was my question. Right. Yeah. But it was like he was talking about nothing. Like he was talking about Jerome Bettis. I was doing a Jerome Bettis story. Yeah. Like it, the quote didn't even register with me at the time, and this yeah. became a huge national Super Bowl guarantee. Um, you know, out of a nothing question. You know, and he said something like, you know, uh, everybody's concerned about Jerome Bettis because he's in his hometown. He'll make a great story, but they're not going to win the game. So I don't see it as a big deal. Something like, like what's he supposed to say? Like, <laughs> so. is, is there a coach you wish you could ask a question to? Any coach, any coach. Like Bill Belichick, obviously, is a tough one. Oh, to I used to do. I used to, you know, every Mike week. Babcock. I mean, I'm sure you would love to ask him a question. <laughs> um. That's a that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I interviewed Scotty Bowman a little bit when yeah. he was in the stands in right. Fort Wayne. But I mean, in in a press setting, yeah. You know that. Well, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about like that, like a like a coach or a player, anybody who would. Yeah. You know. I mean, I've never interviewed Steve Eiserman. Yeah. Who you know is my favorite athlete of all time. Never interviewed him. In yeah. any setting, uh, so that would be that would be pretty cool. Um, you know, there's there's been some interviews that I've gone out and I've been like, okay, this is kind of bucket list stuff. Like I right. did Jack Nicholas yeah. last summer and wrote a big thing about it. And it wasn't just because I was a golfer. I grew up on a course that he designed, yeah. and there was some sort of urban legends about the course, and I wanted to get to the heart of it. And the interview was terrible. Right. I mean, he didn't want to, He didn't have any answers for me. He didn't. But it's kind of like getting that selfie. It's yeah. just sort of like that's okay. I get to say yeah. that I interviewed him, yeah. right? So, but I'm not, you know, interviewing or kicking back and just having a meal with somebody are yeah. two different things, right? You know what I mean? But I mean, like, just you as a journalist, you you ask questions. You've been in those big press sprays, but like, like, man, I wish I was in the mix right now so I could ask him that. Oh uh, yeah, well, there definitely happens. Yeah. Where it's like, why are they not asking yeah. about the – but it's also really easy. Like, sometimes you can sit at home and watch an NFL game and see some horrible play call yeah. 
with 30 seconds left and be like, okay, that was that was the moment. That was a horrible call. Like, what on earth were they thinking there? And then maybe I'm watching some of the post game and nobody asks him, or they certainly don't ask him for a long time. And that those instances are yeah. frustrating. <laughs> um, you know, I covered the Colts for a long time. I was one of you know four writers that was there on a weekly basis, and um, you know I felt like we asked really good, insightful questions. And then on the busier days or the game days, the questions would just get watered down right. to just yeah. stupidity. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, I've had run-ins with national guys. There's there's a story um, where, you know, when ESPN or somebody comes to town, they roll out the red carpet. And all the rules change about who you can talk to and when just because ESPN's yeah. here. Well, I got frustrated one night because there was a game. Sal Palantonio's there. Uh, I think it was a Sunday night game. And uh, so he's there for ESPN, and press conference starts. They go straight to Sal Palantonio. And then he asks a follow-up. Yeah. And he asks another follow-up. And he's starting to ask another, and I cut him off. And I'm like, excuse me, if the people who are here on a daily basis might interject for a moment, we have some other questions we'd like to ask. <laughs> and I had some people who saw this, like on ESPN News, they're like, Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, you just gave this beat down to Sal Pal. That was amazing. <laughs> um, but you know, you asked me like, no, I kind of hate being in these situations yeah. in the locker room. Like, I think the writing is my forte. Yeah, but the, the question asking, not so much. So, yeah. There are definitely things that I'd be like, oh, I'd love to be writing about that or yeah. covering that, but yeah. not so much in yeah. there asking the questions necessarily. So we're talking about questions and what to do and what not to do and, and etiquette and blah, 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 blah. You're a teacher now, so you're teaching this stuff to young minds. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. So what is this cl- – Indiana Tech. Indiana Tech. And, again, you know, you're, you're teaching, you know – proper etiquette, things like this, things like that. But it is a guerrilla mentality sometimes that you have to kind of tell these guys what you have to do in reality. Yes. Well, that's – I was trying to give them the real deal. Yeah. And some of my – so it's sports communication. Yeah. So theoretically these are people maybe interested in being reporters or media relations people. and Or maybe they just wanted a sports class. Yeah. Um, you know, a few of them said, yeah, I want to be on ESPN and stuff like that. Now, some of my views were in direct conflict with what other <laughs> professors were telling them. Right. And I knew this. I knew this was going to happen. Like, one of them was equipment. And I will talk about this subject endlessly, which is, you know, there are a lot of reporters, especially in TV, who think you have to have the greatest equipment to, say, get video yeah. or whatever. And my feeling is, no. It's all about moments. Yeah. You know, like, just look at the idea of just a viral video. I mean, how many of them are in perfect, right. stunning, Blu-ray quality <laughs> HD? No, you just need the moment. Yeah. And some of the best sports videos I've done have just been candid things or things where I just ran up to a field with my phone and you get this herky-jerky yeah. video. But I'm getting something that nobody else has. Yeah. something so amazing. So that's one of the things I'm telling them is you're being told, I presume, that you can't do this or that. And they're like, yes, you have to edit this. You have to have B-roll yeah. this. And I'm yeah. like, no. I mean, yes, for some settings, that's absolutely fine. But you can accomplish these tasks in another way, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, But they taught me a lot about, say, social media. Um, You know, Instagram is probably the best example. Like, I've been on Instagram, but I was not. I couldn't figure out the best ways to use it for what I was trying to do. So they actually gave me some ideas of things that I wasn't (laughs) doing. Um, But they have, you know, interesting, like we had a lot of social media talk and it was like, okay, what do you consider social media? What do you define as social media? Yeah. And they actually, uh, the name's going to elude me. Maybe you know it. There's another app. It's a money app, uh, not like PayPal, but there's another one where you can transfer money to people. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name right now. But some one of them pitched this as a social media app. And I said, what? He's like, I'm like, uh, but this is intended for if you need to transfer your daughter's at the gas station and she doesn't have any money yeah. to pay for gas, you can transfer it to her immediately. And they're like, yes. However, there's a component in this in which you can comment on transactions. So essentially, if you and I go out to lunch 
and I don't have any money, you'll be like, okay, I'll pay for your lunch, yeah. and then I'll just transfer you the money on the app, yeah. okay? So people can see this transaction going on, and they can comment on it, and they'll be like, oh, wait, Coney's out of money again? <laughs> what a shocker. You know? yeah. like, and they're showing me this, and they sold me on the idea that this could be considered social media. Now, I'm not saying there's any way to use this with sports yeah. necessarily, but I'm sure we could think of yeah. one. Um, so they taught me stuff like and like Snapchat. I still no, I get Snapchat. Yeah. I don't yeah. get how you effectively use it for sports. Yeah, I know it can be done, and I know but yeah. for me it doesn't quite register yet. But they sort of shed me on 2019 ways that people do that. So, <laughs> but yeah, teaching kids in 2019, it's it's different. <laughs> so what what what's a what's a project that you would have those guys do? Well, we did a lot. There, there's so many subjects because it's media yeah. relations and right. reporting. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of writing and, and sort of working on uh, writing stories on a deadline, which is not the easiest to replicate. Yeah. But so, like, one of the first things we did was uh, Alabama had opened the season uh, against um, somebody. I don't remember. Football. Yeah. And so you could actually get the condensed game. And so I said – Watch this. We're going to watch this game, and then you're going to have to write a running story, which is essentially just the nuts and bolts of yeah. what happened. And so that was like one of the early things that they did. You know, I had them write. Uh, we worked a lot on interviewing, so I'd bring people in, not tell them who it was, and yeah. have them interview it. And then we interviewed all the kids in the class, and that was kind of that was probably my favorite moment because I had some really open up. Like one of them really opened up about you know, having mental health issues. And these were all athletes. Yeah. And another had had this horrible knee injury in soccer. Like her knee was blown out every which way you could possibly imagine on the day that she had signed her letter of intent. <laughs> and yeah, she came back from this. And so, um, you know, all these kids were interviewed about all this stuff by their peers yeah. and they all kind of opened up and nobody knew about any of these stories. So that was kind of cool. And um, I had them put together social media plans. And um, one of the big projects was they had to do media kits and media guides. Yeah. And we created a fictitious NFL team because I don't want them to be able to just go to the Internet and find right. this stuff. So what we did was we created an NFL. We pretended an NFL team was coming to Fort Wayne and they were going to play at Parkview Field until they build a new stadium. <laughs> and they named the team the Thunder Ducks. I don't know why. Allegedly at the – well, apparently there was a name the team contest. <laughs> yeah. And it had something to do with the <laughs> propensity for foul on the St. Mary's River. Okay. But then somebody said there was something about the scan duck race yeah. that came up too. But anyway, so we created this fictitious NFL team, and they went through different stages. Like we're announcing the team today. Yeah. Do the press releases of that. Now we're announcing uh, the team name and the coaching staff which was Rex Ryan, Kevin Donnelly, and Troy Abs. Um, and so they had to do uh, press releases for, for all this yeah. uh, and sort of set up a, a mock press conference. And then they had to do a media guide, and they sort of had a – they broke off into teams, and one did the Tidcaps and one did the Mad Ants and, like, created a media guide. Yeah. So that was pretty good. And then we got back to writing, and they had to cover a Mad Ants game um, and do some other writing stuff. So, But it was a lot to cram in. Yeah. And I've yet to get my invitation for the guest speaking, but it's all right. <laughs> Next semester. <laughs> Next semester. We didn't get into radio. I think broadcasting in general. I could do some TV, too. That's true. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think about you. Yeah. I forgot about your TV days. Yeah, I'm up on the scoreboard every game. Oh, well, doing that's my little true. thing, that's my little true. spiel. Yeah. That's true. I still, still got Next it. Next year. Okay. <laughs> Next year, after it's more, more honed, then we'll bring in the big guns. <laughs> All right. I want one last thing. I got to get some more stories, but going back to we talked about Twitter to start things off, but you, I went back in your feed to find something that I know you'd have a story about, and you had thing something oh, in there boy. about your favorite game delays. Yes. Because, you know, Teddy well, Bear Toss, things well, like this, that delays this, the game. Oh, these God. Are... Well, no, I mean, yeah. This came up because Wichita had a delay. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
The first one that comes to mind is we're in the UHL and we're in St. Charles, Missouri, and everything that could possibly go wrong in that building went wrong in the course of those. And this involved your favorite commissioner, right? Yes. So I am literally interviewing Richard Brossal <laughs> during intermission. I mean, we're talking about, I don't know what we're talking about, but I'm watching the Zamboni go around at an unusually swift rate. Like the driver looked like he was drunk or something. And as I'm interviewing, like the guy literally drove through the boards. <laughs> like the boards just, I can see it right now. Like the boards in the corner just toppled over. The Zamboni went through while I'm interviewing the commissioner. I mean, every expletive you can think of was being dropped at this point. I I feel like they propped up the board somehow with some, I don't know how they kept it up, but they did that in that same series. Um, they had cut some corners on that building. Uh, they made an announcement during like the second period that if you were sitting in the upper bowls, you should probably move down. And that's because the roof was leaking. <laughs> now the press box was on the upper level. Minor league hockey. So, <laughs> yeah. So that happened. <laughs> Um, the Comets' first game at the AA level was in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. I made the trip. We spent about $900 on the travel. So they were supposed to play Friday, Saturday. And we get there on Wednesday, and they had not made the ice yet. <laughs> so, or they were currently making the ice. So we get, we get out there for the game Friday. And in Asheville even though they had been playing hockey there, they didn't know any better. They yeah. said, okay, the ice isn't quite ready. So the solution is let's just turn the temperature down. We'll just make it colder, right? Yeah. It'll freeze It'll faster. faster. Yeah. yeah. So the players Logical. get out there for warm-ups, and it was literally this like crack, 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 and they're like falling into the ice. <laughs> and then we sat there for like three hours before they canceled this game. And so I'm looking at Kelly Hurd, who's just sitting there, and it was his first game at the double-A level and my first game covering the double-A level. And we just said to each other, what are we doing? Is this what double-A hockey yeah. is, is like? Uh, so then they end up postponing that game. And so that now they're going to play Saturday, Sunday. This is a big problem because I was flying back on Sunday. Yeah. And it costs something like $1,100 to stay out there. And – you know, looking back, this was stupid. But at the time, you know, I'm pretty young still. And it's like, well, that's a lot of money. Like, should somebody have to pay for this? <laughs> like, and I remember the I talked with Michael Frocky about this not too long ago. He's like, yeah. there were some, like, the league should have to pay us back for all this, right. you know, expense. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they had to stay another night. Yeah. I mean, that certainly didn't happen yeah. for anyway, especially not me. Uh, but, yeah, there's two, two games to open the season in Asheville that have now cost us – you know, $2,200 or something, with, which is just a ridiculous amount for that. Um, but my favorite was still the geyser at the Coliseum. So for people who don't See, remember. I don't remember this. Oh, how do you I, not remember this? I don't this? remember this. This is weird. Okay, so what happened was in around 2000, they moved the goals out from okay. the boards a little bit. There used to be less space between the goal and the boards. Okay. And they moved the goal out at one point like a foot, like throughout hockey. Yeah. To encourage more offense. Right. right. Play from okay. There. Okay. Well, what nobody thought of in a building as old as the Coliseum is now when we're putting the stanchions in or the, the pegs yeah. in, is there anything underneath there? That wasn't yeah. that we didn't have to worry about before. Well, yeah. the answer here was yes. There was a pipe of coolant, <laughs> Freon or something yeah. like that. And for whatever reason on this night, even though this was three years later or whatever, they hit the pipe, putting in the, the goalposts. Yeah. Yes. And it's suddenly like old faithful. Like there's steam coming up. You really don't remember this? I do not remember oh, this I'll at all. This doesn't photos. even ring a bell. I'll find you. We have photos of the really? steam just shooting in the air. <laughs> Well, okay, so now you've got this. How do you fix that? Yeah. Like, there's no way that you can patch a pipe. And the big thing is, in Fort Wayne, they have never had a game postponed. Yeah. Right? Like, they've never had people in the building and had to send them home, and they didn't want to start yeah. now. So there's no way to patch this. You can't the, – the the force of this geyser is so much that you can't just pack in some ice and yeah. go over it. And so they're working on this for maybe 90 minutes, and – 
they're about to give up, and I, it must have been Joe Franke. Somebody came up with an idea of taking the wax that they use on the sticks, and, and he had put, like, wax uh, around some wood, and then they melted the whole thing into this hole, yeah. and it actually worked. I don't know who thought of this or what. Yeah. So they, they put this thing in there, and anyway, there's this big meeting at Center Ice. So it's like Randy Brown, the Coliseum manager, Michael and David Franke, the coaches, whoever else is important, maybe the captains, and they're all at Center Ice. Now I'm trying to figure out what's going on because yeah. now it's it's getting late here, right? And I don't know what made me do this, but I just march out on the, on the ice. I just walk out the Zamboni doors <laughs> and sort of this is my general attitude about getting into buildings. If I look like I'm supposed to be there, nobody will right. say anything. So I just walk out there like I'm absolutely supposed to be there. I'm just like nodding my head. You know, Randy Brown's like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't want to send all these people home. A lot of concession money to be made. And Michael's like, we never canceled the game. You know, yeah. I'm just in there like, yeah, you know. Uh, I concur, gentlemen. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm told this was just hysterically funny because people are like, why is going out there? <laughs> so anyway, I'm just listening to the whole thing. I'm taking notes in case they cancel the game. And they decide, all right, we're going to play the game and we're going to do just a very limited resurface. And it was like the fastest game you have ever seen <laughs> because the Old Faithful was going to blow at any time here. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that that was crazy. I just there was the, just the geyser coming out of the ice. I can't believe it. And I they played that. the game. I, <laughs> like they played the game. Yeah, we'll have to figure out the date of that game. I figure out what what was going on with me that day. <laughs> I was there. I never missed a game. So. Oh yeah, I mean it. It was it was an all time thing. Um, but other delay. I. Those are the big ones. But you're right. Sometimes yeah. teddy bear tosses can be. Yeah. I mean, teddy bear tosses, I get a kick out of because it gets so long. I've seen it twice where the home team did not score. Right. I've seen it twice. Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah. So one time they got uncomfortable and they just threw it all out at the Comets' last goal. Yeah. So they just get, they did a toss from the Comets. <laughs> and then the other time it just got to the end of the game and they just yeah. threw all the things onto the ice. But it's sort of – those are asking for trouble to me. <laughs> Isn't it this week, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. as we're doing this, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember my first teddy bear toss was in Elmira. I had no idea what was going on. They know, Nobody told me, nobody nothing. They score a goal, teddy bears come out. I'm like, well, I've never seen this before. There are so many things that are going on right now that I just don't <laughs> understand, though. Like some of the specialty jerseys. Yeah. Like the, the ugly Christmas jersey. Which yeah, that's is now going around. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oof. Like people complain about the number of ads on the ice yeah. in Fort Wayne, but that doesn't make them nauseous. The ugly <laughs> Christmas sweater jersey, that they're okay with. Yeah, there's been a few that have been kind of brutal, but yeah. Well, th there's a difference to me between the ones that see. I can say this stuff. Yeah. That are forced on by the league, yeah. and the ones that maybe a team like the Comets yeah. conceptualize on their own. Yeah. Like uh, you probably saw it the yeah. other day. If I ever see another Nickelodeon jersey. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's a league thing. That's, I, right. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a league thing. Yeah. And there's no way around it being yeah. ugly. Yeah. But, like, look at the properties you're dealing with here. Like, Double Dare, uh, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, there's no way you're going to make these. Well, that you could maybe make kind of yeah. cool if you yeah. really put your – But they're also kid-friendly with splattering paint and things yeah. like that. It's just not a good look for any hockey. <laughs> well, you're such well, a geek. I mean, SpongeBob. Spon but I mean, you, you, have you ever thought about suggesting things at a league? What properties they could go after? You don't like Harry <laughs> Potter. You love Star Wars, Star Trek. You said no, at the start. I just said Harry Potter <laughs> isn't my thing. Right. Not your thing. But, but is there I totally that, get it. But is there something that could be? You think? Well, would I, make I, oh, cool? Game of Thrones. I'm all about Game, the of, Thrones. Game of Thrones ones. But isn't that a little racy? It's family entertainment. Every time I turn it on, it's you know. <laughs> Is it crazy? A little it's a little racy. racy for it's a we're talking family well, here. Well, no, I'm thinking about that. I, I guess I. So your idea being that the kids are going to run home and watch not Game necessarily, of but I mean, you know, it's supposed to Nickelodeon. Obviously, is supposed to bring in the kids. The parents will follow after Ga seeing Kyle Game Haas break somebody's jaw and split their I, lip open. See, they can't go watch Khaleesi ride a dragon. I hear your point. No, I'm. Her doing other no, stuff. I, I'm, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm with you. I had not actually thought of it that way. Yeah. To be honest with you, but I would also say, okay, we're doing DC nights. Uh, what are the 
greatest of the Batman movies, um, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy, that's pretty gory. Yeah. So if we're going to go that way, yeah. I think we got to take that into consideration. Not all that stuff is kid friendly. Yeah. Well, me, I would just grab, you know, uh, any movie from this movie, this book I'm holding here, Teen Movie Hell. I've already all exploited about... this book. Yes. to be missing. Yeah. And, and uh, someone who grew up, we grew up in the 80s, so I would take any bad 80s B movie comedy that I could turn Heavy into. Have you watch? Um... <laughs> Make it into a, a totally obscure jersey that no one would know what it was about. Well, have you watched the movies that made us yet? Or the toys yes. that made us? Yes. Do you like those? Yes, I like those. Yeah. And so, right along those lines, I would get something. I, I just keep kind thinking of about nostalgic. I keep thinking about it. Die Hard. Yeah. How they they couldn't get uh, Hans Gruber to hold the gun in a manly yeah manner. Did you see that part? There, what was his? Uh, oh, Alan, Alan, Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah. They're yeah. like, you know, he's you're you're yeah. you're a gangster. You have to you have to hold the gun. He's never <laughs> hold a gun, and I guess he was just kind of like very. <laughs> Like like he was holding a teacup, I guess, was the way they were kind of explained, which I just think is sort of hilarious. He's the bad, greatest bad guy. Yeah. I mean, is he a top five bad guy? Hans Gruber? Oh, yeah. Uh, no. The, the the line where he's like, where do you get your suits? That's where I get mine. That's where Arafat shops. <laughs> like, you don't think he's top five? No, I don't think so. No. Give me your top five. I don't, villains. I don't, uh, villains? I don't know. I mean, you got every Bond movie. Every Bond villain would be better than Alan Rickman. Wow, I've stumbled onto something here. You're not an Alan Rickman fan. <laughs> no, I am. I am, but I don't think in that role as a as a villain. I don't think that's so, right. oh, so great. Way well, he changes his voice to a uh, cheesy American California yeah, accent. No, I don't think that's a that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> And with that, I think we'll close this one out. <laughs> Another day, we'll start movie talk up next week. All right. All right, man. Thanks a lot. The Justin Cohn sequel is now in the history books. Was it better than the original? I don't know. You be the judge. I thought it was pretty good. I want to thank Justin uh, for coming on in. Of course, always a good time. We always have some good laughs. We always have some great stories. Justin and I go back a couple of decades, so we've got a lot of stories to share, and I'm glad everybody uh, was able to listen to this one. It was a good time, and I'm sure that won't be the last you hear from Justin Cohn on the Huntington University Comets Podcast. Well, that one is in the books. Next week, we'll have an all-brand-new episode for you. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Shane Alberani, and you've been listening to the Huntington University Comets Podcast. Thank you.